Welcome back to Indie Ball Nation. It's been a little while. If you've been out of the loop, I've been over on the Indie Ball Report podcast with Nick quite a bit lately. We'll be working together a lot more. Both of us are kind of working together to try to figure out he's doing a solo pod now. I've been doing solo stuff, but now I'm covering more teams than I have been. So both of us sort of had a come to Jesus moment where we were like, this might not be working and maybe we should work together. Um, so yeah, we basically laid down our longstanding feud that include us coming on each other's podcasts and having a good time. Um, and we're just going to continue doing that. So we're going to have a good time doing that. Keep an eye out. we got some fun stuff planned uh, going forward with that, including maybe some live content, maybe me just going over and ruining a lot of his podcast. So we'll be sort of distributing that stuff between his channels and my channels. So just, if you don't already, follow Indie Ball Nation, follow Indie Ball Report, and that will be able to make sure, you know, you're not missing anything. Uh, because we can't tell you 100% where we want to post some things. We're still figuring that out and seeing what goes well and what does not. Speaking of what goes well and what does not, that new arrangement has freed me up to start messing with how do I want to be covering games and other things I like to cover, like weird things like deep dives into random indie ball players, uh, which I kind of have become notorious for uh, finding the weirdest stats possible and making a Twitter thread about it. So, uh, part of that, I'm sort of toying with the idea of a few different things, and one would be just getting back in the daily recap game, which is fine by me, uh, more digestible bits of videos and podcast content. Uh, again, if you're listening on audio formats right now, hi, and check out the YouTube channel. YouTube channel, just so you know, there is audio only, so if you're driving around the car, you don't have to wreck because you want to look at my face. Can't blame me, though. Let's hop into last night's action because there are a lot of good ones around. We're going to start somewhere random. Might as well hop into the Frontier League, build up a little bit of drama for the Atlantic League matchup going on that people want to hear about. We'll start off in the West Division where we had the Gateway Grizzlies at the Evansville Otters, two teams in a West Division battle. Gateway enters tied with Schaumburg for the division lead and looking to continue their bounce back from a brutal 2-9 stretch. New Jersey went in there. Gateway was red hot. Shut them down, and that was wild because Jersey, uh, they tend to give up some runs themselves, but they shut out Gateway. They shut them down and seemed to break that whole offense because they were not hitting for about three series now. Uh, But that started to wake up a little bit, so they're trying to get that momentum back from that stretch. They had a big first-place lead, but lately now they are, I believe, three back. No, they're about tied, I think it was, going into last night. Evansville, they have been inconsistent since their 9-2 and start, but they've mostly been pitching their way through this division race. Uh, Now, in the game one here, Evansville jumped out to an early 5-0 lead, and not even a Clint Freeman coming a single shy of a cycle. By the way, you never see that. Clint Freeman, by the way, a consistent enough hitter where you're like, if he gets a shot to do this, he's going to get it done. But that's just the way it worked out. He ended up a single a single shy of the cycle, which is just now realizing a terrible sentence to say out loud. Uh, but not even that performance from Clint Freeman could do much about that early 5-0 lead as Evansville would go on to win 8-2. to Zach Smith gets the win with solid innings, and Myers, Quiggle, Khalil, and Rosario all get it done at the plate, as well as a Noah Myers home run for Evansville. Team effort across the board there to get done against Gateway. Moving over to Windy City, where they were taking on Joliet. Matt Morgan and Troy Viola homer, while Garrett Crispin delivers seven strong innings and a 10-4 Windy City win. Viola ends the night with a pair of hits and five ribbies. That home run he hit was his first as a pro. Good for you, Troy Viola. The Schaumburg Boomers went into Tri-City. Schaumburg comes into the week in that tie with Gateway for the West Division lead. The Boomers pitching, it's been good. It's held offenses to about four runs per game since a wild game uh, last week against Quebec. It was like a total football score situation there. 
Tri-City's been sneaky good this season, like as sneaky as Tri-City can really be. They're not really a low-key team over there. Uh, but now they're sitting four games back in the East Division between Sussex and New York in the standings. Schaumburg led this one 9-8 after three innings thanks to a seven-run third inning. Unfortunately, they would not score again, and Tri-City was far from finished. Talk about football scores. They win this one 16-9. Ian Walters and Jacob Goldfarb both homer in the win. McCusker homers twice, bringing his total to 17. Check it out. He is slashing 433, 488, 22 with 51 ribbies. He's got something like a 220 OPS plus. Ridiculous effort from Carson McCusker. Someone signed him. He's 25. He's in his prime. Get the kid. Schaumburg, they stole eight bases, so there's that at least. Schaumburg and Gateway remain tied with Evansville a half game back in the standings. Uh, interleague play, Lake Erie and the Jackals ran out. They'll play a doubleheader today, Wednesday. Washington, Wild Things, and New York Boulders, more of the same there. Uh, Trois-Rivières and Florence playing in Florence. They got together. Ray Zuberer, whose name I always butcher, something about the E-R-E-R I just can't do, and Harrison DiNicola, they both homer for Florence as they drop five runs in the first three innings of this one. That is all they would need for a 5-2 win because Edgar Martinez was disgusting on the bump. Eight innings, two runs, five scoreless innings of relief from Julian Taimako. <laughs> That's one I'm not going to ever get. Sorry, Julian. And Christian Scalafieldi. That was not enough for Trois-Rivières in this one. Edgar was just too much. Those early runs were too much to overcome. Florence gets the win. Sussex County at Ottawa. Sussex beats Ottawa 4-2 to open their series for Sussex. It was Gavin Stipienski, Raj Anu, and Juan Santin all getting it done at the dish. Griffin Baker delivers six innings, allowing two runs. Dueling actually with Brooks Walton, who tossed five, one run, uh, five innings of one-run ball in relief for Ottawa, but not enough in the loss. Finally, wrapping up the frontier in the East Division, Empire State at Quebec. Finally, it was Empire State getting shut out by Quebec. Not necessarily surprising there. They continue to struggle. Stephen Fuentes goes seven. Shuddy, love that for him. And Kenny Pearson and Michael Brettle toss two perfect innings of relief. Offensively for Quebec, David Gloud, Justin Gideon, and Tyler Blom did the damn thing for Quebec. Let's move on to the Pioneer League. Let's get random with it. Idaho Falls at Ogden. Ogden bumps their run total to 64 runs in the last four games in a 15-4 beatdown of Idaho Falls. Reese Alex Alexiades, Logan Williams, and Sal Gazzo all homer. Also noteworthy, Riley Audison. Uh, he looked good. Three innings, two hits, no runs. Uh, ERA is down to 3.15 in that Pioneer League. You know you love to see that. Ogden still holds a one-and-a-half game lead over Boise in the south. Glacier and Boise in Boise. Uh, two second-place teams clash in Idaho. Glacier, they just won five straight against Great Falls with the pitching looking good throughout that stretch. Boise's been streaky depending on what type of pitching shows up for them. They just lost two after to Ogden. Remember, we were just talking about that offense. Well, they allowed 39 runs over the series' final two games. You hate to see that. That Glacier pitching gets popped for another five in the second inning and four in the fourth inning on the way to a 10-7 loss, so Glacier couldn't keep the momentum going from Great Falls. Um, that 10-7 loss, Cole Kaler, he says, how about my salami adding a grand slam in that big second inning? That basically put this thing away. Part of a five RBI night for Kaler. Gabe Howell and Cruz Taylor homer for Glacier in the loss. Boise's Nate Alexander punches out four in two scoreless innings of relief. Love that for him. On to Rocky Mountain where Billings was taking on the Vibes. The Vibes win their third in four games. How about Rocky Mountain getting hot? Uh, they beat Billings 8-6. Wyatt Crenshaw, Mitch Morales, Gabe Wirtz, and Trevor Jackson all looked good, but it was not enough. Jacob Barfield looked good for the Vibes, slashing 375, 488, 698 right now. How about that, Jacob Barfield? 
Moving on to Grand Junction at Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado is needing to turn things around. They started the season scoring a ton of runs, but also allowing a ton of runs. They started 10-5 and five over that stretch, but had a minus one run differential. Those chickens have come home to roost now on a 4-9 and nine slide, giving up over 10 runs per game over those last 13 games. Now, they're three and a half games back of Ogden in the South. Meanwhile, Grand Junction, they have just been giving up and scoring tons of runs all year. Good for a football score almost any day, so this could be a wild one. But then we got a low-key game. Don't know what that's about. NOCO beats Grand Junction 8-2. to That's fairly normal. Uh, Abdul Guadalupe and Dave Matthews homered as part of an early seven-run push. I'll resist my Dave Matthews jokes for the time being. Austin Schneider drops it on the table. 10 Ks, one walk, one run in six innings of work. Matt Wong, Colin Gordon, homer in the loss for Grand Junction. Wrapping up the Pioneer League with Missoula at Grand, at Grand Falls. It was actually a little bit better game than I might have expected. Missoula survived a late push. Uh, Grand Junction, I think, scored one in the 6th, 7th, and 8th. Uh, but Missoula would hold on to a 6-5 win. Luis Navarro blew up for a pair of dong shots. Keaton Greenwald added one as well. Kelvin Pilot scattered nine hits over six innings, allowing two runs. That will work. Not pretty, but it doesn't. Missoula now leads Glacier by six games in the north. Let's get to the Atlantic League. We'll start with the main event of the evening. High Point at Gastonia are the number one and two teams in the uh, Indie Ball rankings between Indie Ball Report and I. Uh, High Point and Gastonia, they both entered this week. Uh, this week's series tied atop the South Division with 11 games left in the first half. Gastonia is working to make up for those gaps left by nine contract purchases and loans. The same circumstance that did High Point's first half playoff bid in last season, you might recall. So far this season, High Point has had the league's best pitching and the second-best offense. Meanwhile, Gastonia has had the league's best offense and the second-best pitching. They split their first six games. That's the tiebreaker for the standings in the first half. Something's got to give here. Jason Manzueta made his first start of 2023 for High Point after a great stint in 2022. Ben Eklinski drove in an early run for High Point. However, Curtis Terry took a Manzueta heater 400-plus in the bottom of the second. Later, a two-run Cole Freeman single expanded that lead for Gastonia. Daikon Yo homered in the third to tie the game up, but Braxton Davidson's two-run homer in the sixth inning proved to be the difference. Gastonia's bullpen goes three scoreless, while High Point's pen allows five runs over three and two-thirds. That at hand, Gastonia, an 8-3 to three win, and the division lead, at least for the night. Spire City goes towns at Charleston Dirty Birds. I got to use that one pretty quick. Okay, that name works. Charleston overcomes four early runs thanks to a five-run fifth inning to win 8-4. Dwight Smith Jr., Jovan Gonzalez, and Jalen Miller all homer in the comeback win. Spire City managed just two hits after the second inning, and that will not get it done. Analytics. Southern Maryland Blue Crabs head to Long Island. Another important matchup here. Long Island entered needing to make the most of this opportunity. The Ducks are a game behind York. They have lost six of seven, or York has lost six of seven. They're also tied with Southern Maryland. Southern Maryland has dropped eight of their last 12. Unfortunately for the Ducks, they have struggled with consistency themselves throughout this whole first half. Now, with a stretch run that includes four games against Southern Maryland, six games against the bottom two teams in the North, Long Island needs to capitalize on this opportunity. On the other end, the Blue Crabs need these wins as they have Gastonia and High Point coming up around the corner on their schedule before the first half ends. Both teams just reloaded a little bit for the stretch run. Long Island added MLB vet Wilson Ramos at catcher. With corresponding move there, they did release Anthony Peroni. The Blue Crabs brought back 2021 uh, ALPB reliever of the year, Andres Persino. That kind of sucks to see, though, because he finally got picked up very deservingly to uh, affiliated ball. Started really strong, but just couldn't keep it going. And then now he finds himself back in Southern Maryland. 
In this game action, Southern Maryland put Ian Kahaloa on the bump against Stephen Tarpley. Brantley Bell broke open the scoring with a two-run double in the second for Long Island. The Ducks would proceed to score eight unanswered before three late Blue Crabs runs across the dish. The Ducks take game one, eight to three. Tarpley delivers six shutty, allowing two hits and striking out eight, improving to three and two on the season. Al Albuquerque is still disgusting out of the pen. Staten Island at York. They played a doubleheader. York laid into Staten Island in Game 1 for an 11-1 win. Nine strikeout performance for Henson as the Rebs roll. In Game 2, five pitchers combined for a two-hit shutout and a 7-0 York win. Troy Stokes homered and accounted for four of those seven runs. York now leads Long Island by a game and a half in the North Division. Finally, Lancaster at Lexington. Uh, Lexington added Manuel Geraldo to the seven-day IL. That was really the only noteworthy roster move here. Lexington got a big outing out of Patrick Leday in a 5-3 to three win. He goes seven shut piece, striking out five. Melvin Mercedes did have a three-hit night in the loss. Let's head over to the American Association to see what we have left over there in the big four leagues. Milwaukee at Gary, Frankie Bardo, and Ed Suelo. Uh, they were tossing on the bump last night. They were looking great. Fast forward all the way to the eighth inning with Milwaukee tying the game at two. Rudy Martin would single home the go-ahead run for Milwaukee in the ninth inning. However, Michael Woodworth, oh no. He drives in two on a mishandled ball in right field by Justin Williams. It was not pretty. They walk it off. Gary wins four to three. Chicago at Lake Country, they rained out doubleheader today. Sioux Falls Canaries at Sioux City Explorers. Get the rivalry going there. Mitchell Verberg, he drops his ERA to a disgusting 1.75. What are we doing? Five innings of one run ball, eight Ks. The Sioux City bullpen backed him up with four scoreless innings of work. Jordan Barth and Tyler Ryan both had two hit games in the 5-1 loss for the Canaries. Winnipeg Gold Eyes against the Lincoln Salt Dogs. Luis Ramirez tossed six shutout, um, allowing just two hits. Cam Opp and Tyler Jandron, they completed the shutout for Winnipeg in a 4 to nothing win. Max Murphy popped his 13th homer of the season. Moving to the Fargo-Cleburne matchup down Texas, Fargo entered the six-game series tied for the West Division with the Monarchs and winners of six of eight since being swept by those Monarchs. Cleveland enters sitting three back in Milwaukee in the East Division. they got to start getting these wins. So it's a very big series for both these teams down in Texas. Fargo put Jared Dykoff on, Dykoff? Dykoff on, the, man, uh, on the mound against Cleveland's Casey Kalich. Uh, Leobaldo Pena and Manuel Boscan homers did the damage for Fargo. They win 3-1. to one. Dykoff strikes out seven in seven and a third innings of work with just one run on his line. Cleveland remains tied with Chicago three games back of Milwaukee. Wrapping up the big four here, Kansas City Monarchs at Kane County. Uh, Kansas City made some transactions before, added guys like Peter Maris and Brian O'Grady. Uh, Kansas City loses a 3-0 lead but scores one in the top of the 10th inning on the way to a 4-3 win. Daniel Wassinger homered in the loss for Kane County. The Monarchs are still tied with Fargo six games ahead of Sioux City. Quickly run through the other leagues here. Uh, Japan, it, we'll go to the Empire League where he had Japan Islanders at Malone Borderhounds. Borderhounds win 10 to 6. Devin Hawks and Chris Loeb look good for Malone. Tupper Lake at Plattsburgh. This was interesting. Tupper Lake finally loses their first game of the season, and they do so in a big way, losing 13 to 1, falling to an 11 and 1 record, but that's a hell of a start to the season for Tupper Lake. Tucson Saguaros, yep, we're talking Pecos League. I'll do it. Tucson at Roswell. Uh, Roswell and Tucson both entered this game. Uh, it's a two-game series actually separated by uh, a couple games atop their division. I think it's two-game lead. might be three. Uh, they treated us to a classic Pecos League tilt. And by that, I mean Tucson wins 19-12 to in a game that they actually led 10-7 to heading into the ninth inning. 
Travis Cole looked good in two relief innings. I like him. Opponents are slashing just 194, 242, and 242 uh, off of him. Keep an eye on him because he's been out of the Pecos League, so it means something, maybe, possibly. Santa Fe against Trinidad. We had more late runs here as Trinidad wins 27-7 to in a game that they led 15-3 to in the eighth inning. So, yeah, that keep that in mind. They scored, what, 12 in the ninth inning? Good God. Uh, I think they bombed the eighth. They put up 12. Oh, my God. Uh, nine RBI from David Arza. Okay, then. Sure. Why not? Garden City at Blackwell. Garden City survives a late comeback to win 11-9. More late runs in that one. You can tell the bullpens are struggling. Austin Weirdos at Alpine Cowboys. Austin only allowed six runs. What is happening here? Alpine, are you okay? They had been allowing 21 runs per game after this because they're a nightmare. They still lost, though, because Cam Mulville, he'll, he was slinging it for the Cowboys. They went 6-2. to two. That's brutal to see. Finally, wrapping it up. No, wait, we got a couple more. Oh, damn, man. The Pecos League goes on forever, bro. Uh, Monterey at San Rafael. Monterey entered this single game versus San Rafael three and a half games behind the Pacifics in the Pacific. Monterey scored the first eight runs of the game on their way to an 8-4 win. Dominic Scotty delivered six innings of one-run ball in his first start of the season. He's been pitching well in the bullpen, but he was attacking hitters, handling business well. He looked good. Um, keep an eye on that. Anybody who can get it done in the Pecos League deserves a look. Um, Marysville and Vallejo, don't know. Looks like they didn't play. Looks like they must have gotten rained out. Finally, wrapping it up with the most Pecos League of Pecos League games yesterday. Bakersfield hangs a 29-0 one on Dublin in just seven innings. What the hell are we doing here? Garrick Taylor tosses a 7 incomplete game shutout. Good job, Garrick. Great baseball name. That'll do it for the recap of last night's action. There was a lot going on there. A lot of big matchups with playoff implications, so we'll keep an eye on that throughout the week. And then uh, this weekend, I'll be back on Indie Ball Pod, so definitely follow Indie Ball Report and keep it locked in here on Indie Ball Nation for more. Until then, I am Ryan. You have a good one. I may not have a lot, but I love what I got. A four by four and a good fishing spot. I hope this time my card won't decline.